Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, you waited for it all week. It's here. Your mailbag question is going to be answered 100% correctly or, and this is important, your money back. We'll get to those in just a minute. The Bucks will begin preparations for their game against the Atlanta Falcons. That is a big contest in the NFC South as these teams now engage uh, one another for the last, oh, I guess four to six weeks here. And there was a good, interesting column I just wanted to bring up, and you guys should check it out on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times by John Romano about the people's quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Um, and this was interesting. I, I kind of like the way he broke this down. I mean, we're, we're 12 games right in, into his, uh, I guess, so-called career here at this point. And all you can say is like, you know, he, he's not, he's not the guy obviously with the cachet that was number one pick in the draft, but, um, he certainly has improved his stock. And I mean, from a league standpoint, you know, he and as Romano writes, he may have already cashed in because if you look at the landscape of free agent quarterbacks next year, Mayfield may be the best bargain and most productive in some respects, especially when you consider the kind of money that was thrown around this the previous preseason, right? Um, Mayfield only got. $4 million guaranteed on a one-year deal. You had guys like Jared Stenham got more guaranteed money. So did Mike White and Brian Hoyer and Taylor Heineke. And, you know, for the, for the price, he has been, you know, more than serviceable. I mean, he has actually been pretty good. Um, he's on pace to throw for 3,900 yards and 25 touchdowns. Uh, his interception his interception rate is below uh, the league average he's um not only been really cost effective cuz you, you look at the Derek Carrs and Jimmy Garoppolo's and guys that signed for for big ticket numbers that the bucks could never afford um now you could say well you know Gardner Minshew makes half a million dollars less and he's had a good year too but now it's going to come down to Okay, regardless of how the season turns out, playoffs, no playoffs, what have you, barring a, a unbelievable run to the Super Bowl, um, what do you do with him? In other words, he's a free agent, and you know there's some lot smarter people than I am at OverTheCap.com and other other places that put Mayfield's performance valuation in 2023 at $31 million. So that would mean he's one of the best bargains in the entire league. And, you know, even though the Bucks will have more more cap space, we know they still have to um, deal with Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield Jr. and Devin White, Levante David, all those guys are p- pending free agents. So where does Mayfield fit in? And 
irregardless of whether he comes back here or someplace else, I think he's accomplished exactly what he wanted to, Steve. I think he has resurrected his his image, his career, and has persevered, has been a good, loyal soldier. And I don't know if the, you know, if the team wins Sunday, they're tied for the NFC South. It's a terrible record, terrible division, but he's got them, you know, on the board, as they say. So I, I don't know what more really short of a, a, a you know, a, a, a winning record or one that was clearly in front of the NFC South. I'm not sure there's much more Baker could have squeezed out of this under his current scenario. I think he's done really well. Well, and we said this going into the season. I mean, they didn't go sign Garoppolo and Derek Carr for $30, $40 million. They went and signed a guy for $4 million. You know, one of the lowest paid starting quarterbacks out there, period. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's been serviceable. Has been great. He definitely hasn't been bad. Like, he's he's been pretty good. You know, we this team was in a cap crunch. They're paying past due debts, essentially, on the salary cap. You know, what, $35 million in dead money? You know, just think about that. They're evaluating, or evaluating Baker at $31 million next year, which I don't think he would get that. But Because I also right. think that more teams are going to go after rookie quarterbacks next year based on who's in the draft. Early in the draft, for sure, yeah. yeah. Maybe well, all but through the first round. Teams maybe. may move up or, you know. This may yeah, be yeah. a year you go after because the free agent quarterback class is is Kirk yeah. Cousins. Yeah, um, we looked at it right before the the show here. Kirk Cousins, it's uh, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Baker, Garnu Minshew. You know, Josh Dobbs. You know, those are your free agent quarterbacks. So more teams may start looking for younger quarterbacks. But Baker at $4 million, I mean, this is – did anyone expect him to be Patrick Mahomes going into this year? No. I don't think so. And if you did, then, you know, you might want to consider what your expectations were. You know, Baker's been – for $4 million, been good with an offensive line that you had serious question marks about and probably still do to a point. Don't have much of a run game for him. It's getting better. And I think some of that is – I think the offensive lines play a little better. I think Rashad White's run a lot better, and I also think the play calling's been better too, which has helped. Um, but Baker's been Baker's been great, and he's going to get money. He's going to get more than four million dollars next year, wherever he goes. No question about it. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, um, there's money out there to be made. It all depends on where the Bucks finish, and as far as his future here goes, where do they finish, and who's the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of where do you see your team? Now, I, I think that in the NFL, continuity is what wins, right? Like that's that's really what wins, whether it's continuity of the coaching staff, uh, the offense, the you know, coordinator to quarterback. Like the longer you can stay in the hunt together, the more you'll iron out, you know, a lot of a lot of things and start to be productive. And and I think each year that you build on that um, I think Baker would be much better next year if Dave Canales were here, if they kept him here, um, simply because he's gone through the fire. You know, he came out the other side, and and now you can kind of hone in on some stuff that you didn't do very well, especially early in the year. But um, barring barring just you know familiarity and liking the area and liking the team, and 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 they cut him a friendly deal, he is going to be out there. Like he's going to be like everybody else, and. 
there there will be, I think, in some ways, maybe more interest in him uh, because I don't think anybody saw him as a a jump right in and be a starter besides the Bucks. You know, I know that, for example, the Baltimore Ravens were looking at him, but purely as a backup. Todd Munkin was there; he was in Cleveland with him. He loves him, and so that would have made sense. But it would have been, you know, kind of a step down for Baker, who got a chance to start this year. So, could they reload it? Could they say, hey, you know, Baker's here for a few years. We don't know what's going to happen to Trash, but we don't care. That's the other thing is that, boy, there's a lot of people, and you know who you are, and, and I get we're in Gator country, calling for Trask and to play, and to play right now. Like, you know, first sign of trouble on Sunday, if this looks like this team's going the wrong way, you've got to put Kyle Trask in the game. Uh, just to see what – See who he is. See 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 what he's what they've got in Kyle Trask, folks. I think Steve, they know what they got. <laughs> I mean, but I think the fact that you haven't seen him at all tells you what they they know. Good point. I mean, they held an entire off season, uh, OTAs, training camp, preseason games to try to determine what it was he had, and they said, "Yeah, the other guy's better." Bottom line, that's what they said. So what would make you think that after the other guy has played so well that either A, they won't bring somebody else to do it again, or B, that all of a sudden you've, you've, you've somehow passed him? I mean, will it, could he play? Yes, he absolutely could play before the season's over. Depending on how things go, um, you could see a, a decision like that starting from upstairs. And you know, the problem is as soon as you play him, you know pretty much it's done. It's well, over. You've told your team it's over. You've told your team. That's exactly right. And then what do you expect? Guys making business decisions. <laughs> that's what I would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, no no question about it. I mean, if if they know what they have, and by the fact that you haven't seen him in three years, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, they went out and got Baker Mayfield. And the, I mean, they, they know what they have. If you put him in now, you've signaled your team it's over. Yeah. Because you're doing you're doing okay with you're one game out with Baker Mayfield with a shot to take the, take the lead in the division this week. You make that change, you're telling the team it's over. And that's when guys make business decisions. That's when they do, yeah. That's when guys who don't have contracts like Devin White and Mike mm-hmm. Evans make business decisions. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's when, you know, that that that's what you don't want to have happen on a team. No. No, you need your. You, you know, need that's your when players. coaches start making business decisions and start oh, sure looking they elsewhere. They the game plans don't become yeah. as good. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Yeah, got a wife and kids and school and all that. Um, I thought this was interesting. There, there's, so there's a bunch of these financial sites, but this one is pretty reliable. Overthecap dot com, and look, good for Baker Mayfield. You really gambled on yourself here, mm-hmm. but it puts Mayfield's performance valuation in 2023. At thirty-one million dollars, like that's what the dude's valuation could be should be now. Um, now, if you go to Spotrack, which is another one of these, you know, predictors of salaries mm-hmm. and 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 um, document all the salaries in the NFL, it estimates that Mayfield's market value is at two years and thirty-three point four million in free agency. That sounds reasonable to me. Yes. Right, like if you got sixteen and a half, seventeen million dollars for a starting quarterback who played the whole year, maybe got your team in the postseason or very close to it. First, first time out, you know, first bite of the apple in the offense, the coaching staff, all that. 
that sounds promising to me. Like you could do that, right? In fact, I think you could almost do that if you did it for two years and draft a quarterback that you may think isn't really quite ready to play yet, but we really, really like the guy because there's so many in the first round. You could kind so, of be your bridge guy. Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens you're, to him? You're saying they may take another Kyle Trask? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> could you take one high in the first round and not play him like the first month? I don't know. Well, I'm I saying suppose. you said a project that you think could be yeah, developed. I know. Yeah, that's exactly what they had. You're I, right. I'm not saying, you know, you don't take – like a Jordan Love or, you know, in the lower first part of first round that you think is really good. You said that's, a project. That is what they hoped Trask would be. Yeah. No, what exactly. I'm saying, you know, the way you yeah. phrased it was essentially another Kyle Trask. Another Kyle Trask or someone exactly <laughs> like the dude I don't I don't want now. Um, but look, you know, I've done this so long. I predicted that what would happen at some point they would fall out but it wouldn't be quite mathematically eliminated. They'd bring in Trask, and they'd realize, yeah, there's a reason we haven't played him, and then the other guy would come back, you know, whoever that was. It was kind of expected to sort of go back and forth, but here we are. They win on Sunday. They are your NFC South leaders again. Still under 500, but you'd be leading the division. I mean, it's just... Which shocks me that people are talking about changing quarterbacks when you're within a game of the division. Like you're in it. You know, and Baker hasn't been the reason that you're not in first place at this point. Not at all. It's yeah, a, they just, I mean, it's as, it's as if they didn't beat Carolina or it didn't matter that they beat Carolina. And frankly, I think a lot of people are frustrated that they won at all. I think a lot of people would just, I'm a fan and I think they should just tank and I think they should get the first pick in the draft and take a quarterback. That's what I'll do. I'll hang up and listen. Like, you do know that there are 30-something coaches, maybe 28, 30 coaches, a whole bunch of players. Like, these are their lives, man. <laughs> like, they, they're paid to win. Like, at no point as a competitor makes it to the NFL as a player or coach, and you're like, yeah, you don't have to try too hard today. Um, that's just not going to happen. So I, I am surprised that people are, like, almost disappointed they won but sort of bracing for what they think is the inevitable. And look, maybe it is. Um, but at least for this week, they got a, a pretty good chance to go to Atlanta and beat the Falcons, I think. And if you do that, then everybody's in knots again. And right now, that's what you want. So I don't know. Going to be a fun game, but an interesting column by John Romano in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com just about whether or not Baker Mayfield – um, has already, you know, proven to be that he's going to be one of the bigger payday guys and one of the bigger catches at quarterback in free agency next year, including whether he stays right here. Oh, by the way, while we're on Mayfield, congratulations too. Um, did you see this post the other day? Baker yeah. and his wife got a bun in the oven. <laughs> yeah, they do. Who's who's cooking now? Um, they uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, their first child. They are awaiting the birth of their first child, which is terrific news. And apparently he celebrated by uh, going to the Lightning game. <laughs> so, he did. He was at the Lightning game on Monday I know. Night, so. I know. I think that he was with his wife. I think that's the he picture was. I saw. He was, yes. Yeah. So it's like, hey, honey, great news. What could be better? Let's go watch the Lightning kick the crap out of Dallas. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's what he did. He's a man of the people, you have to admit. Baker Mayfield does not shy away from uh, interaction, right? No, not at all. 
Yeah. And he's it's kind of cool he's embraced this area, you know. He's embraced you know he's a diehard Rangers fan, so I guess Rays fans could hold that against him. Well, you Speaking know, of, they, they signed him to a two-year, $33 million contract. He might change. You never know. Oh, he definitely would put on that hat. You know he would. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of the Rays, uh, and we're going to get your mailbag questions here in a minute, I promise. Um, so Mark Topkin is over, I guess, in Nashville is where the owners' meetings are, the winter meetings? On Broadway Street, yep. I don't know if that's where the meetings are, but that's where Mark well, Topkin uh, probably is. There's a lot of meeting going on on Broadway. <laughs> yes, there I is. Tell you, I can tell you that. <laughs> country song, some beer, and some hot chicken. That's all it really takes. In fact, that's a country song in and of itself. <laughs> country song, beer, and hot chicken on Broadway. Um, so I'm going somewhere with this. I don't know. Like, is this the week they're supposed to trade Tyler Glass? Now, is is this? Are we bracing for massive changes or acquisitions here? Because it seems like every year they go to the winter meetings and they're talking about a lot of changes, and then every year they don't do it at the winter meetings. They do it usually a week or two after that. Well, I, I think a lot of groundwork gets laid at the meetings. Yeah, I would agree. With you that. know, and and there's lots of pieces. I mean, it's not just as simple as hey, we got Tyler Glass now. Who wants him? Because there's other pitchers in the market. For instance, Sonny Gray was a free agent. He now signed with St. Louis. So perhaps St. Louis was looking at Glass now. They're out. Other teams were in on Sonny Gray. We heard like the Reds and Cubs were. Well, maybe they're talking to the Rays now. And, and you know, there's in, other yeah. pieces in play. So uh, I, I think you know trades get made all the time. But when you meet in person in that, I think a lot more gets done. Whether it it's finalized at those meetings or happens week two later or even as you get closer to spring training on some stuff you kind of get a feel for who's looking for what or what's what's possible yeah i you know whether this is the week glass now gets traded you know i guess it depends on the deal that's on the table yeah it could be could be talked about and but i'm sure he's one of the biggest topics there among the general managers yeah, no, I, I would think so. And and, and uh, look, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. It seems to me they want to move on from him while they can and get some value, but maybe they won't find that value and, and decide that he starts the season here. It's just hard to say, but uh, Mark Tompkin is there, and so you can read him. Also, we're everywhere on the Tampa Bay Times and on tampabay.com. All right, we're going to get to uh, your mailbag questions here in just a minute. I just want to remind you guys that for the past 14 years, the skilled pros of May Electric Solar have been installing solar energy systems in Florida, now they provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and service, and they're also helping homeowners cut costs with an environmentally safe investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar also offers a 30-year no-cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar, is owned by the homeowner, and there are no deductibles or additional fees. This policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship have earned this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation, and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. 
right, we got time for a few mailbags here, uh, and uh, we can get started. All right, Lucian uh, tweeted. He says, in regards to New Bucks quarterback in the draft, when have they ever succeeded in drafting, developing, and keeping a number one quarterback? Williams, Young, Testaverde, Dilfer, Freeman, Jameis. Baker is a winner. Let's build the O-line running back in defense. I mean, it's a good way to go, I think. Um, I don't know that that is the way. I think draft order will have a lot to say about that because this is generally regarded as one of the top draft classes for quarterbacks in a very, very long time. And you can get uh, a potential starter anywhere in the first round. I mean, really, there, there could be, I don't know, five, six or so uh, that could at least go there. Um, as far as the approach, you know, Look, when you draft a quarterback, it, it, a lot of it just has to do with what's around them. And I think continuity is big in the NFL, as we mentioned a minute ago. And for all that Baker has done, I think he would be better next year. Now, does that mean, you know, do you look at him and say, we can win a Super Bowl with this guy or we can win a couple of playoff games with this guy? Like, that's all part of the calculus, you know. Um, but I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that, He's one and done. In fact, I know how much he likes his coaching staff. I know how much he likes Tampa Bay. Um, and certainly he's got some pretty good weapons around him, including Mike Evans, the Hall of Famer, or soon to be, whenever he decides to hang it up. Um, so Baker, I don't sense, is looking to get out of here really quick. And I don't know what the quote-unquote hometown discount would be, but I could see them even taking you know a young guy and not being forced into playing him right away, you know? just depending on, again, where they pick. And and so, yeah, I mean, draft and develop is tough. This team, he's right, though. They've never drafted a quarterback that they then re-signed. It just hasn't happened. Well, isn't the you only know? one that's hit a second contract is Tom Brady? Tom, exactly. Tom was the only quarterback that I can remember that hit a second deal. And, well, he's Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. So he also, you know, won a Super Bowl and all that. Um but yeah, they're they're just not not sort of in that business. And um I think I think Baker's made a good impression on his coaching staff. Now again, that's big too, right? Who's coaching the team? Mm-hmm. Who's the coordinator? Those are the guys that love him that have tailored the offense around him and all that. So, you know, we'll know we'll have our answer soon enough, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have continuity at the quarterback position and reload the the people around him and say okay we're better here we're better there we're better on defense and and away you go um because Bryce Young is still only going to be in his second year and Desmond Ritter is still going to be kind of green and growing and you know New Orleans I mean it was a tough year it's been a tough year so far for Carr who's been banged up all year long so you know, I, I think they'd have another good shot at it, especially with the continuity of the quarterback and adding some pieces to him. We got a couple questions on coaching, so we'll hit these two here. RCO tweets, I enjoyed the podcast today. I'm curious why you don't think Bruce Arians is an option if the Bucks, if the Bucks dump Todd Bowles Monday if we lose. I don't think it's possible, but I see a lot of chatter on Twitter mentioning B.A. and wanted your take. Yeah, that's not happening as far as I know. And I the last I I texted BA before the Carolina game, I think. 
Um, he's really enjoying retirement, by the way. <laughs> so, and and I believe he's still getting paid for it. Um, he's still a special assistant to. That's the best way to join retirement. By <laughs> oh the way. boy, is if I could work that deal. Oh boy, I, I would, want the Jimbo would, Fisher contract. Go ahead, fire heck me. Heck yeah. <laughs> Definition of success, man. You you don't want me so badly that you're willing to pay me millions of dollars not to do anything for you. Oh, okay, sign me up. I'm that bad. Um, but yeah. Uh no, I think Bruce is is done, and uh, you know he's not Tom Brady where he's going to change his mind necessarily. He's had look in addition to everything else. He's he's seventy years old, soon to be seventy. Well, he could be seventy one at this point. Um, I'd have to look that up. But uh, his birthday's in October. Uh, I think he's seventy. But anyway, uh, he's had some health issues, you know, and then and he's made no bones about that. We saw he kind of you know did to his Achilles and different things. And, um, you know, he's had some scares in the past. So no, I don't think he's looking to jump back in the pressure cooker. I think he would have coached the team again. If, uh, you know, perhaps, perhaps and I'm just speculating, but perhaps if, if Brady didn't come back, you know, um, the, the fact that he did, he felt comfortable leaving it to Todd Bowles, leaving it to his guys. And that's sort of his legacy. Um, but I, I think he's through. I, I don't think Jason Light, as good of friends as they are, and they really are good friends, um, I don't think you're going to talk Bruce into coming back now. And furthermore, uh, I don't want to put words in her mouth. I won't, I won't tell you, you know, let's just say that Mrs. Arians has watched a lot of football. <laughs> and I'm not sure she's interested in her husband going back and coaching it or, or broadcasting it or anything else. I kind of got that feeling in August when I saw her in Canton, but... Uh, again, I don't want to put, put words in her mouth. Jay tweets and says, if the Bucks do decide to make a coaching change, does anyone in the organization have a relationship with Jim Harbaugh? He is definitely a controversial figure, but he has success at both college and NFL levels, and hiring would be a splash move by the Glazers, which they seem to seek out. I don't know about the relationship part. I mean, look, they um, John Spitek did have a relationship with Tom Brady because they were teammates. Um, so spy tech goes back. He's a Michigan man, if you will. Don't know that he has any direct relationship with Harbaugh though. Um, pretty sure no one else in the front office does, you know, look, it's going to come down with Harbaugh. One, does he decide to leave Michigan? Let's all agree. He does. Okay. For the purpose of this exercise, um, two, they don't say it's about the money, and that's when it's about the money. But, you know, how many options does he have? What leverage does he have? Are there going to be other teams after him? I would think there would be, depending on what happens in the national championship um, picture. But, you know, his star could be on the rise, and he could be coveted again by the NFL. Um, the Bucks are big game hunters. Like, they're going to look at a guy like Jim Harbaugh. doesn't mean they'll get very far when they do look into it and they have looked at them before. But then again, you know, Tom Brady was a Michigan man, right? Um, Tom Brady played for the Glazers. What would he tell Jim Harbaugh about this situation? You know, like I, I think the Glazers could do just about anything they want to with Harbaugh or anybody else. If you're willing to commit, you know, enough resources and give them enough time um, you know, to do his deal. The only thing I wonder about is 
you know, certainly there's speculation that he's going to be given a lot of uh, interviews and different things if he wants to jump to the NFL. Um, but he's not everybody's cup of tea. In other words, Jim will exhaust some people. <laughs> he will. You better be ready to turn over a, a good portion of your football side of the building, including, you know, for Jason Light, it would be, you know, again, they'd have to work very closely together. I don't know that Jim's going to get personnel control in any place he goes, but um, that's a thing, right? He's such a big personality. He's so, a Gruden-esque, right, in that sense that, you know, when you bring a Jim Harbaugh in, he's going to be the narrative. He's going to set the tone, whether you like what the tone is or not, um, until you fire him. But, um, but there's not, to me, the thing that makes sense to me is Chicago, number one. And then I keep hearing this, and so there must be some truth to it, the Chargers, you know, with Justin Herbert. Well, he coached in um, San Diego. Absolutely. In college. Yep, before he went to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he loves it out there. And, and you know, this is now in, they're in L.A. now, but um, he's familiar with California. And, you know, I think that'd be that'd be cool. Different different job obviously you know college versus pro and all that um but yeah no Harbaugh it might might be fun to see what he does does with Justin Herbert that's that's what I would like to see I'd like to see because the thing he'll do one of the things he'll do is he'll protect him and the way he'll protect him is he's going to run the football wherever Jim has been good quarterback bad quarterback great quarterback and he's had he's had all three wherever he's been they are big physical and they run the football like they here we come our identity is we run the ball, then we'll play action, then we'll do some stuff with the quarterback, but we're going to run this thing, you know? And um, that would be an interesting marriage, but I don't know. I Like I said, I keep hearing the Chargers. That's the one that people keep bringing up, so i got to believe there's some smoke there. Um, but I know, you know, from my wife's family and other people in Chicago, they're like, okay, this makes too much sense. Like, you just bring them back and let's go, you know, like – um, let's just get him back here in Chicago. But you know, to date, anyway, he's worried about winning a national championship and not much else. We'll switch to some college football questions and lots of uh, reaction from Florida State getting snubbed in the college football playoff. We'll have Matt Baker on tomorrow. We can dive further into that. But double blue tweets: the CFP committee has an incredible nonstop publicity about them and their product for the past four or five days. Don't think they are clutching pearls. I don't think I think they're counting money. I mean, I, I think that's been the whole thing, right? They don't care. We know they don't care. They don't care what you think. They don't care what I think. They don't care what you know the kids that won all thirteen games at Florida State think. They don't care. You know, clutching pearls. Nobody said they were clutching pearls. Like I, I think it plays into the whole narrative that you know you've got thirteen faceless people. Um who just want to make it a TV show. But you should just state that. State it at the beginning of the year. Why make anybody play playoff games like, you know, or, or you know, games to uh, to see if you can go undefeated or win the conference tournament. You're just going to pick winners anyway. And look, I know the people that say this, like, hey, college football, where have you been? Like, that's what it's been for years. You know, there was a time when you just, you know, voters just decided who they thought was the best team, you know? Um, and I get that part, but honest to goodness, like I'm on, I'm on the side of Florida state with this one. 
you know, I, I just think that they should have been given the opportunity to try to play. And if it's a blowout, it's a blowout. But, you know, other teams screwed up too during the year, right? Like, if you think about it, you know, Alabama had a loss to Texas, right? And you can go through and say, hey, this team lost to this team or, you know, what what have you. Okay, we get to Florida State. What did they do? Did they, did they win? Yep, won all their games. Okay. Um, did they win their conference? Yep, won their conference. Okay, so what was their sin? Oh, quarterback broke his leg. It, you know what I mean? Like, it's not exactly on par with, hey, we lost. You know, you're Alabama. We lost to Texas, you know? Uh, what, what did this kid do? What, what, why, why are they out of it? That ah, quarterback broke his leg. It just doesn't jive with me. I'm sorry. Like, I know how important he is to the team, but he, he's one player, and it's a team game, and I just think those guys should have had a chance to come and compete. And look, it's been bad semifinals. The average margin of victory is enormous in these games uh, traditionally, and they probably they could be again, but that's okay. You know, that's at least those teams have an opportunity to play each other because they've earned their way there. And I'd rather see that than a manufactured matchup, you know. Um, and I'm curious, too, you know, how they'll go forward now, Florida State, and play the bowl game and all of that. That's going to be something to watch as well. Mark tweets, let's say Notre Dame was in Florida State's exact same position. They win the conference title, although they don't have a conference, but with a backup quarterback <laughs> going undefeated. Do they get yeah. in over Alabama? If that backup quarterback is Joe Montana, absolutely. Um, bigger brand, travels well. I'd be naive to think that that's not part of it. I really would. I mean, I think you know each case is different, but... I don't think they get in over Alabama. Probably not Alabama. Because no. they, they want to put the SEC in. Possibly Washington gets knocked out in that scenario. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because then you would get Michigan, Texas, Alabama, Notre Dame. Four huge brands in college football. Right. Four huge ratings brands in college football. There you go. The S- and the SEC was going to get theirs. You know, They, definitely they weren't going to leave theirs. that conference out for money and ratings. No, because they, they they virtually control college football. Look at the teams they've taken from other conferences. My goodness, you know, they're the they're the power kings. Like you're not going to beat that. But um, yeah, I feel again, you know, you feel bad for Florida State. Um, could it have happened to a team like Notre Dame? I, I don't know. I, I just. It just it's a bad look for college football and 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 it is true that they've been picking winners for a long time. That's what the polls are about. But even that doesn't make sense, right? Ohio State goes from one to is leapfrog and goes all the way past Florida State. You know? Like I don't know if that makes sense. Or how about Georgia? I should say Georgia, who was defending two-time defending national champion, they lose to Alabama and drop down further than they probably should have. So well, I, I still say if if the committee thinks Alabama's better than Florida State, which is obvious, that's what they decided. They do. Mm-hmm. How do you not say Georgia's better than Florida State? But you didn't rank them higher. That there's right. So see, you're either ranking or you're not ranking. Like this doesn't make sense. This is stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So they so without their so you're telling me that they're a better team than Georgia without their top two quarterbacks. 
but they don't deserve to be in the, in the championship round. I mean, like, wait a minute. Five minutes ago, Georgia was the bomb here. Like, Georgia was, you know, the ceiling. And they lost in a close game to Alabama in the SEC final championship and went from first to sixth. Stupid, right? I mean, it's it's just, again, it's arbitrary. It's It's just judges, man, you know? And it's unfortunate. And they have been judging college football for a long time. I can't wait till next year. They'll be able to have, what, 12 teams? Is that what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there'll be a big debate about number 13. Well, and um, Tim t- Tim tweeted us a question on this. He says, love the show. Best Tampa Bay coverage on air. So, yeah, it is. If college football wasn't about money, the 12-team playoff would be taking all conference championships. Win your conference, and you have made it through the first round of the playoffs. I hate next year that this past Saturday won't matter. Shame, shame on college football. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know if what he's suggesting would work. Well, it's a shame that you're not going to have win or go home situations in conference championship games. That no, you know, true. Alabama, Georgia played for a spot in the playoff. Ohio State, Michigan, although that wasn't the conference championship, that was week before. Um, you know, had Texas lost, they weren't going to make the playoff. Washington, Oregon was playing for a spot in the playoffs. Like next year, Washington, Oregon would both make it. Well, wouldn't they just you know? And there's not going to be a pack. I don't. I guess there's. Well, not I mean, be a the conference is going to be different. Which is, but let's say there's four champions. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just say now from now on, like, look, if you're a power five and you're uh, you win your conference championship, you're in. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty much guaranteed for the power five. Yes. It just wasn't today. It just wasn't this year. Well, because there's, I mean, there's five conferences. There's only four spots anyway. Four spots, five teams. Yeah. And I mean, so next year. So, and this is this is what. It's going to be weird next year. So the final college football playoff rankings. I'm going to go by conference. You know, next year, what teams these conferences would be, what these schools would be in. Big 10, Big 10, SEC, SEC, ACC, SEC, Big 10, Big 10, SEC, Big 10, SEC, SEC, SEC. Feels like the Big Ten and the SEC are controlling college football. Twelve of the top thirteen teams <laughs> are SEC go, or Big Ten schools. Yeah, there you go. Florida State's the only one. Then Arizona, who's going to the Big Twelve, is number fourteen. And they pay a lot for those contracts, man. I get it. I know it's a TV show. I know it's a business. I know they've been make picking winners for a while. I get it. I don't have to agree with it. You know, that's the one thing I love about sport. Look, my my girls dance. Okay. And every day there's drama. I don't know if you ever watch Dance Moms or the moms aren't, you know, our moms are great, including my wife. They, they get along fine. But, uh, you know, some girls get moved up. Some girls don't get moved up as fast. Some are on the dance team, the ones that aren't, you know what I mean? Like, it's all subjective. It's tough when things are just, hey, here's what I think, you know, and one person looks at it and says, nah, that one's better. And the other person says, no, I think that one's better. Like, that's that's tough. That's not sport. There's, it's art. You know what I mean? It's it's like, you know, like I said, like dancing. and um, But there could be politics involved. There could be a lot of things. Uh, and, and I'm not, I think they tried to do the job, but they they defaulted to what's best for TV, which is paying the freight, which is, 
you know, what what they think is important is the best TV show. They've had blowouts in the semifinals the last few years. They don't want it. So I get it. Just be transparent with it. You know what I mean? Like, But also, what do you tell a team that starts next year? Hey, whatever you do, don't get anybody – don't get your quarterback hurt or your star hurt, you know? That's a hard way to go through the game. I don't know. It's football. Team sport. So, anyway. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. These are all great questions and obviously topics we will bring up with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, our college football writer. He will join us tomorrow, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are home. They're going to play host to the Penguins. That'll be a good matchup. Yeah, if you remember last week, uh, the Penguins were at Emily Arena as well. Lightning took a 2-0 lead and ended up losing that game. Yeah, that was a tough loss. Yeah, so they want to get some revenge on them, just like they did Dallas on Monday night. There you go. Before they head out on the road. So Lightning will play a host Pittsburgh tonight. Then tomorrow night they're in Nashville, so they head out right after the game tonight tonight mm-hmm. they go nashville seattle vancouver edmonton calgary so they're gone for 10 days well there you go nashville so that's where mark tompkin is hey i wonder if he nah forget about it. I, <laughs> he's probably he's got too much to do um he did help us out though i was gonna say he did go to a bucks game in minnesota. <laughs> he went to the first one man he was in minnesota because the Rays were, were beginning a series the next day so he was able to help us out do a sidebar that was fun who knows maybe you'll see Mark Tompkins covering a lightning game near you in Nashville. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back out there at One Buck Place to tell you all the latest and greatest in the injuries and things like that. Check it out on TampaBay.com, Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.